Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. J. Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. J. Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. It's a Thursday. It's just after 2 o'clock. I don't know, man. I think it just feels like I need a song, Kevin. I need a song. Let's go. Let Let it play out. Betcha. Mr. Fantasy, and he is oh. back. Oh, just a, just kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling on a Thursday. You know what's odd, fellas? Brandon Funston, the athletic, our fantasy guru, is here with us right now. Uh, as I look over across the way, DJ Dallas pulling in the parking lot has got the biggest truck I have ever. That thing is, that, that's Russell Wilson-like, man. Damn, <laughs> DJ. A Russell Wilson-like truck. Um, we... Uh, Funston's back with us again from The Athletic, theathletic.com, weekly basis every Thursday. We'll break things down, of course. Uh, you know, on in the regular season, we take phone calls and then we take texts. Today, we're just taking some texts. We've got a lot of texts, a lot of questions. But Funston, my friend, how are you? You've got your top 100 le- uh, up. That must feel like the uh, you just probably did your final exam and got it done with. Yeah, and then I'm, now I'm just making changes behind the scenes, moving Ken Walker out. Um, yeah, whoa, 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 come on, now. ouch, come I mean, on now. I listen, man. I think we're looking at. Are we looking at early October return at the best and early November return at the worst? I mean, we're probably uh, they they're hopeful for week one, but you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. Not yeah. not if it's anything like a hernia and they actually had the surgery. Like if it's an actual Brandon. Like sports. Brandon hernia, six to ten weeks on procedure. Brandon. They had a procedure, according to Pete Carroll. That was not procedure. Is oh. not a surgery, sir. Although, let me ask you this question: When's the last time? When's the last time when Pete got all weird and divey? And well, you know, it was a, that it actually turned out to be nothing. Right. I know. I think yeah, we have to point. factor in some of this Pete Carroll history. Uh, it Very has me a little points. dubious. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but it was a procedure. That's all I know. He said it like 18 <laughs> times and then told us about his, uh, what did he have, a, a degree in something that from his grad school? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, the, the top 100's up. Uh, we'll go through that in a second. 49451, lots of text. Kevin, I didn't even check the first text when it came in today. We kind of had a tumultuous first hour. What? Did you see when the, yeah, I know. Weird. Now, we're, um, we're still a little, we're still a little loose. We got one that came in six seconds after wow. and another one that came in two minutes later. So wow. people don't have the start sit questions. That's when the questions really start floating in. So I'm yeah. not not I'm, concerned, but it's still early. Oh, I'm not concerned. I'm actually more than that. I'm impressed. I mean, to, to have those. T- that's like just force a habit. It's Thursday. It feels like football season, and Funston's getting the question six seconds in. All right, 49451. We'll get those in a second. Um, it, it feels more and more. Now, we had our, our neighborhood uh, Board of Governors meeting on Sunday last week. And you know a lot of conversations, and, and we kept our we kept the super flex, Funston. We kept it. Oh, 
Yeah, it's been a fight. I got, I got it passed in one of my two local leagues. One one we only got three out of twelve voted for it. The other one, not one person voted it down. So uh, we got a dinosaur league and a, and a progressive league. I guess in, we in had we had it. We went nine three in favor of keeping it. So we, okay. I was actually somewhat uh, impressed and surprised. I think that's based on the fact that we can keep a player after the eighth round from the year before, and I think enough people had guys that you know they wanted to keep that would help that. So. <laughs> Uh, but but that said, as we were kind of having discussions and drawing for the draft and all those things, I, I think this seems to be the consensus. Is Jonathan Taylor the consensus number one? He is for you on your big board. I think uh, your guy, uh, Seeley, has it as well for the athletic. And you look around, is Jonathan Taylor number one, no question, in fantasy football this year? Yeah, I, I think if you were to you know go across the pundits, the fantasy pundits, people that make a living doing this, it's probably 90 Eight out of a hundred, you know, maybe ninety nine. Like I, I've seen somebody out there that would go Najee Harris first, um, and I think Christian McCaffrey has some people, you know, that would would pause and think, well, if McCaffrey can just stay healthy, like he has the highest ceiling because of his ridiculous usage and duality. But yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor is the safest, one of the safest number one picks that we've had in a long, long time. Cooper Cup, you've got number two number one receiver, and then McCaffrey and Najee Harris round out the top four. So you go three running backs and one wide receiver before you go to another receiver at number five and Justin Jefferson. So three and two in the first. That is a change, if I'm not mistaken, Funston, from what you maybe had last year. I think you were a little more wide receiver heavy. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's probably something close. Uh, and I don't think anybody saw Cooper Cup doing I, I did, certainly didn't have Cooper Cup this high, but when you look back at what he did, it was just historic. And the the thing that's just so selling was that it was week to week. And so much of what you don't like about wide receivers is there's a little bit of peaks and valleys. And Cooper Cup didn't have any valleys. It was all peaks the whole time. It was just and so you really uh, you know can get excited about that for this year. There's I mean uh, you know Jamar Chase comes into the league and takes it by storm like Randy Moss kind of did when he came into the league. And Justin Jefferson has been the best in like yards and catches over the first two years of any wide receiver ever. So, I mean, there's just some, there's some pillars at the wide receiver spot this year. And I was talking about that last week. There's like five or six, just like just slam dunk receivers. Then it starts to get a little bit dicey, but uh, you still want, you know, you still want that volume workhorse running back as well. So you're playing a little bit of, of the juggling game with these best receivers and these best running backs. Kevin, while you go through, and we'll get to the text in just a second, because um, we won't go through the top 100. We'll go through just the, t- the top 10. And here's my only co- other question the top 10 would be this. As I look through there, I think you have seven running backs and three wide receivers. Is that because the depth at the wide receiver position allows you to take a number one receiver later in the draft or maybe early in the second round? Yeah, I mean, if you go to the top 12, which is a lot of leagues, you know, uh, you do get Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams in there, and you're almost, and then it's 7-5 to five in favor of running backs. But, uh, you know, there's, there's this something called the dead zone with running backs where it's considered, if you take a running back in the third or fourth round, it's kind of considered the dead zone. You'd be better off taking the best receivers and maybe even, like, the, the elite tight ends in that range. But it's still so advantageous to get these these what are you know it's kind of it's kind of drying up these just really big workhorse running backs and so the premium still kind of leans there a little bit even though as i mentioned there are some just outstanding top tier receivers this year but it's just that uh once those 
the you know the twenty touch running backs are off the board, then you just can almost ignore the position for a few rounds. Uh, before we get to the uh, and, and Kevin, I'll let you start at the bottom. I'll do at the top uh, in terms of Kevin. will take the ones that came in earliest, including the one that was six seconds in on a preseason fantasy football conversation, which that should be just a, I mean, I don't know if we can give that guy. That should, there should be some sort of award <laughs> huh, that we give that guy. Not only did he get in six seconds, but it was six seconds in, so he wasn't early, you're, which is, we all know, we'll send Kevin right over the edge. You, you know, you're more impressed than I am. i got to be honest. Only getting one and having it six seconds after. I'm a little surprised. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I hey, thought we would have more. Hey, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, not playing. It's the preseason, man. you got to understand it's the preseason. That's what we're all about here is the preseason. Uh, let me ask this, this one question from Todd before Kevin starts with the text at the bottom. Uh, Todd says, hey, Brandon, subscriber to The Athletic. Wondering if you have your top 100 in a printable form so I can take it to my draft this weekend. Thanks. Todd streaming, listening to us over in the Tri-Cities, Pasco, Washington. Yeah, there was some people complaining about some formatting issues on certain uh, devices or whatever they're using. So I did put up a, a link to a Google Sheet. That top 100 is now. So if you go to the big board on the site, you can click on the Google Sheet and print it off of there. I like, well, I like, I like old school. <laughs> I like old school print. Then I can take my Sharpie and go, thanks for coming. <laughs> exactly. Kevin, what do you got? Let's go. All right, Marcus. Send it in at one and six seconds. First two picks, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, Ooh. or running back, wide receiver. I have the number four pick in a 14-team snake draft. Uh, you know what? I, I mean, I never, you never, I always say this, you never just decide that going into a draft. You got to let this, you got to let this board play out and, and let it come to you. But I think you could go Najee Harris or Justin Jefferson, 4-5 right there. I have them ranked and. I would be fine with either one of those guys on the comeback, just kind of looking at what you might be looking to get. Uh, it's sort of like you might get an Aaron Jones or a Nick Chubb or a Debo Samuel or a Keenan Allen. Frankly, I probably at that point would go Najee Harris, stick to my rankings, and then look for uh, maybe a Mike Evans or a CeeDee Lamb Falls. But if not, Debo Samuel, Keenan Allen, not bad, not bad as well. And maybe Mark Andrews, an elite tight end, is People are talking up, and it's it's kind of becoming a bigger thing. Like getting Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and maybe even Kyle Pitts is such an advantage over the rest of the tight end class that it, it might be worth it to think about tight end right there on the comeback. All right, uh, let's see three six zero. Brandon, and I play in a league that starts a running back, a running back wide receiver, two wide receivers, tight end, and a flex. Should I go heavy on the wide receiver to start with one top twelve running back in the first few rounds? So they only hear one starting running back is necessary? One running back and then a running back slash wide receiver and two wide receivers, yes, and a flex. Yeah, I mean, I probably I probably would. It's not a, not a deep roster. I mean, really, you're not going to have any problems finding good talent across the board. But as I mentioned, like the very, very top of the running back um, class is, is kind of the premium still right now. So I think I would, I would concentrate on that. All right, Ian, go ahead. Uh, I like this one. Uh, our buddy Blake is a good dude. We like Blake. He sends us texts all the time. Uh, thoughts on Aaron Jones and Dylan this year for Green Bay? Both are startable. I didn't look at your, where you had those guys at, but yeah, you've kind of got that that two headed monster in Green Bay, right? Yeah, and I think you're going to see them being. I mean, this is a, I think the first time that Aaron Rodgers hasn't. I mean, I can't remember when he's had like the guy that you know. There's not a whole lot of history with any of his receivers. I mean, he usually has like a Devonte Adams or a. You know, uh, gosh, I mean, 
it's been Jordy Nelson, uh, James Jones. He's always had a, like a kind of a veteran that he could lean on, and there's nobody that's obvious right now. Alan Lazard's getting some helium as being that guy. But I really think that you might see a lot of Jones and Dylan in concert. I know they've ran Aaron Jones, who's a great receiver, in like the slot, in kind of, you know, that they can kind of split him out wide. And so I think you're going to see them being more run heavy. I think you're going to see those guys working together. I think Aaron Jones could probably catch 70 plus passes, well, which is why. Jo- <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say 2019, didn't Jones lead the world in, in touchdowns, both receiving and, and rushing, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he's been great. And he's actually kind of been really good at having a nose for the end zone over the course of his career. It's been pretty high percentage of converting red zone touches into touchdowns. So I think there's just going to be a, a bigger role for Dylan uh, on the ground, but I think that's going to you know gonna be offset for Jones by him getting an even bigger role uh, in the passing game. Go back to number one overall, just because so Taylor, does it matter? It's his first overall one-point PPR. Um, is, is it still Jones? Does it matter if it's a PPR league or a non-PPR league or if it's a half PPR or one PPR? Does it matter with uh, Jonathan Taylor? No, because I think, I think, what did he have, 38 catches, something like that last year? That's enough. That's enough when you're talking about a guy who – you know, has maybe the best offensive line in front of him. The, the, you know, they're going to be in the red zone a lot. He's going to get a lot of end zone opportunities. I think he had 20 touchdowns last year. It should be 15, you know, at least this year. So I think the 38 catches is enough for Taylor. If he stays in that range, uh, you know, that it won't matter the format. He's still number one. Uh, I love the keeper questions. 206 PPR can keep two, one, or none of the following. T. Hill, D. Waller. C E H. Uh, I guess I would keep. I mean, gosh, I, I might depends just, on what, depends on what, what draft pick you might lose too, right? Right, I exactly. Mean, if you're talking like if you keep one and it's a first round pick, I don't keep any of them. You know, if it's okay. like I keep one, it's a first rounder. Two is a second rounder, and three is. A, then, yeah, I don't keep any of them because Tyreek Hill is not a round one. Uh, you know, there's too much question marks. He had so many big plays where you have to question how many of those big plays would have happened off the arm of Tua versus Mahomes, and I think that's mm. something that we're going to have to find out. Uh, well, half PPR, yeah. Geno Smith or Jason Myers? <laughs> uh, yeah, and option C. What's option C? Option C is quit the league. Uh, Quinn, the 253, I'm always going to read these. I have literally made a point to never be involved in a fantasy league. But damn it, if I don't freaking love hearing Funston and the characters that call in every week. Quality <laughs> radio segment. Awesome. Thank you, Quinn. Awesome. I appreciate that. And why and Quinn, why do you make a point it's fun? Like why if you hate fun, I get it. Like if you don't like to enjoy listen, not everybody wants to gamble, I get that. Like we go to the sports book and do a show up at Snoqualmie Casino. Not everybody wants to go up there and, and put even a shekel or two on a game. Fantasy football, I know people that do it without even using money. Yeah. Right, I mean, it's just it's a it's a rooting interest along the way, uh, which I uh, which I love to see. By the way, I did notice. I don't know where you've got them at because I know you hate. That I'm, I'm sure in your top 100, you don't have a defense, right? There's no defense no. in your top 100. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's I've known you well enough to know that. <laughs> we uh, we did a graphic for our pregame show tonight, and it was based on. Uh, is is it Jake Seeley? Is that how you pronounce the name? Yep, Jake. Yep. Right. Uh, from the athletic, your uh, your partner over there, and he. I was going through. We did one on like, where all the Seahawks ranked according to him on his big board, and this this I found this one interesting. I'm sure the Seahawks will love it when we use this in the pregame show tonight, according to Jake. <laughs> uh, both Seahawk quarterbacks are ranked lower than the Seahawk defense at 298. Oh. <laughs> the yeah. defense is at 298, and both well, quarterbacks are in the 300s. We know that the defense will play 17 games this year. (laughs)
<laughs> we have no <laughs> idea how many Smith and Locke are going to play individually. Oh, God. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, is it good to have a running back two and a flex who's a running back from the same team? Chubb and Hunt, for example. Uh, I, I, You know, I think you just – we have a value place on them. Kareem Hunt's kind of like a back-end RB3 in that 30 to 36 range at running back. And Nick Chubb, you can argue anywhere from, I think, 10 to 15 at running back. So I, I don't mind the stack. The problem is, is like when you stack, you're usually trying to stack explosive offenses. And with 11 games of Jacoby Brissett, I don't know how explosive Cleveland's going to be. So that that's a little bit of the of the buzzkill on this. Um, but if you're getting those guys at around that value, I don't think it really matters whether they're on the same team or not. All, All right, right, a couple more. Go ahead, Kev. Touchdown only scoring keeper league need one CMC or Eckler. Oh boy. Um, Keeper league, I guess I'm going to go. I'm going to go Eckler because there's just really not a whole lot of precedent for someone who's missed as much time as Christian McCaffrey to have a storied career beyond those two seasons where you were injured back to back like that. So. I think I know the answer to this one, but a 12 team keeper league from the 206 here. I have the last pick. Should I keep Mixon or Cup in a keeper league? Yes. Uh, I honestly am probably going to keep Mixon, who just Ooh. turned 26, who probably has, you know. Maybe this year and two more really good years ahead of him. Um, Cup is, I believe, he's, is he 30 now? He's really close. Um, and I just a little bit more injury history there with Cup. So hmm. that's it's close. Uh, Dustin, hi, Brandon. Is Mike Williams worth my keeper in the 11th round? 12-team yeah. PPR league. My God, I would think that's a no-brainer, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it? we're talking a you know fairly consensus top 20 wide receiver for this year. Uh, not too old. Um it maybe I mean you look at Justin Herbert. He is number one in Vegas in uh, over under for touchdown passes and passing yards. And so you're talking about the number two target in that offense. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's a great value in round eleven. Uh, James, keep two of three: Nick Chubb, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. Keep two of those. I would keep uh, Chubb and Swift and J.K. Dobbins, who had the ACL also had like the MCL. He had multiple things wrong with his knee. So even though he's practicing, uh, don't be surprised if he has a very slow kind of September. Okay. Uh, all right, we're good. Uh, for other questions, all you got to do is subscribe to the Athletic because between right. you and Seeley and everybody else there, there are cheat sheets. There are Excel spreadsheets that I had to have my wife help me with, um, (laughs) (laughs) which you can convert to your own however your scoring is and all that. Uh, It's all there. Tell folks about what you guys have going on there. Yeah, really, uh, for any kind of league you're in, a lot of Dynasty stuff out right now as well. And as you mentioned, the rankings and really boiling it down and, and lots of strategy pieces on you know where you're picking in, in the first round and what you should do and what you should do with your flex. And just a lot of, a lot of great minds there. So je- definitely check it out. And as I mentioned before, there's a lot more than just fantasy there. So if you're just a sports fan in general, a lot of great writing, a lot of great reporting. Love it, man! Uh, and the subscription to the Athletic very affordable. If you're not subscribed to the Athletic yet, I ask you. So I, I would ask you, what kind of sports fan are you? Uh, not just with Funston, but with uh, Michael Sean Dugar, Corey Brock, Christian Capel, all the others right. out there. Yeah. Uh, some great stuff. Uh, the reporting that Stuart Mandel and that group did on the Pac-12 this week. I mean, it is just uh, it's sensational. So make sure you subscribe to the Athletic, sir. We'll do it again next week. Uh, I appreciate your time. By the time we get to next week, people will probably be in the. 
I'm, I'm thinking draft. Well, some drafts probably already taking place maybe this weekend, right? I would assume. Oh yeah, be, yeah. Get, but get then you know we got this is three three big draft draft weekends left. So uh, cool. starting with let's this go. one. So let's go, let's go. I'm ready. Right. Go Hawks. Thanks, my man. I go right. Hawks. I appreciate. it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, All Winston. Right. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything, reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was. I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com.